This is the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best tips and strategies in the world to help you become a smarter, more effective tennis player. You'll hear interviews with pro tour doubles players and coaches, including easy-to-use lessons to improve your game and win more matches. My name is Will Bocek, founder of the Tennis Tribe, doubles strategy coach, and host of the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today, we have Michelle Heidbrink. Did I pronounce that right? You got it. Michelle Heidbrink from Tennis Warehouse. Uh, Michelle, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I'm excited for this conversation. Uh, This is the first episode where we've talked about gear on this show. You know, we're we're always focused on doubles and double strategy uh, and helping people improve their game, but gear is a big part of that. So, and we haven't talked about that before. Um, so to bring on an expert like you from Tennis Warehouse, who's constantly testing rackets and strings and all this stuff um, is going to be really helpful for, for all the listeners. Um, and what I think we can do is kind of, uh, and we've talked about this, kind of categorize different style of players different mm-hmm. skill levels. And we'll talk about rackets and strings and things like that. So this will be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into all of that, um, tell us uh, your story. How'd you get started in tennis? Uh, what do you, how'd you get involved with tennis warehouse? What are you doing now? Um, everything like that. Yes. So my story is a bit messy, but that's kind of my life. But I started (laughs) playing tennis at five. I grew up in Southern California and my parents had a weekend house in Palm Springs and they wanted to learn how to play tennis. So they got an hour lesson and they took a half hour and I took the other half. So it was really cool. That's how I started playing. And then I loved it. Um, I remember dressing up as Steffi Graf in like first or second grade. I don't know. I love her. (laughs) So I just started playing tournaments from there. I was fortunate enough to grow up in the South Bay where like Lindsay Davenport was big, Pete Sampras. There were so many amazing players. So it was easy to fall into the competitive side, playing tournaments Mm -hmm. by eight, all that. Um, I actually went to the same high school that Lindsay Davenport did. Shout out to Chadwick. Yeah. (laughs) And then when I was 16, I decided I wanted to go to an academy and just kind of hone in on my skills. I've kind of always been a late bloomer in life and on the tennis court. So (laughs) didn't really like reach my peak until my 18, I was 18, um, ended up going to play for the university of New Mexico on a full ride. And I loved, I loved it there. We were a top 25 team D one, which was awesome. Go Lobos. Um, and then from there, it's just kind of, I've always had a passion for tennis and you kind of like have that point in your life where like, okay, the tennis might be done for me. And I tried to like leave tennis and it kept coming of coming back. And I really wanted yeah. to get, yeah, I wanted to get into coaching. So I started coaching high school tennis so I could get some experience, coached the Palm Desert high school team for three years and had some great players that I am in touch with still a lot of them. Some I ended up working with later on one Mm -hmm. I still work with now. Um, and then from there I ended up finding my way into college tennis. I was the assistant coach at the university of New Mexico for three years. And, um, I thought that was like the end all for me. I was going to be head coach somewhere. That's what like the goal was and life, life kind of happens. And I saw some interesting sides to college tennis and, you know, started applying for some head coaching jobs and it is cutthroat out there, you guys, (laughs) um, to just kind of like 
fell into not being a college tennis coach and an opening at tennis warehouse happened. Um, really fun, interesting fate story that I'm not going to bore you with, but my sister saw someone post the job opening on Facebook and was like, you have to apply. And I was like, no, 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 no. Anyways, long story short, nine and a half years ago, I applied. I'm here. I've been here forever. I absolutely love tennis warehouse. They instantly became my family. I love San Luis Obispo, which is where we're located. It's mm-hmm. gorgeous. It's like wine country, beach, hiking, sunshine, like no complaints. Mm, I'm not and, to get out there. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. If anyone's looking for a vacation, it's like halfway between San Francisco and LA. So um, I fell right into place here. Um, I work with some really great people. I love what I do. I've been able to kind of evolve my interests and challenging myself over the years. So start a podcast, play test rackets, strings, shoes, everything. Um, yeah. and I, and I manage our sponsored, um, pro players. So we, we sponsor some pro pro ladies and Marcos Giron, the solo man. On, oh yeah. On okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's about it. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I feel like, um, with most people, uh, for, for most tennis players I talk to, um, in the industry who didn't, who aren't professional players, like it's a similar story, right? It goes from here to here to here. Mm -hmm. The same thing happened to me. Like I got out of it for a while, then it pulled me back in. And, Mm -hmm. um, so that's, yeah, that's definitely like a common thread. I feel like because well, there's so like, many ways to work in the industry, you know. That's what I was gonna say. For anyone that is listening, and like maybe you don't think you're a good enough player to be in the industry, there are so many roles within the tennis industry. Right. So keep yeah. keep searching because I promise it, it will all come together. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh and now you do a lot of different things for tennis warehouse, including you mentioned play testing. Um yes. so what is, what does that look like, play testing? <laughs> that's like, I feel like everyone's dream job. It's like a big kid's <laughs> job. Um, I sometimes joke that it's like summer, the never ending summer camp around here, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, we get to test all the new products, specifically rackets, shoes, and string. Those are always like the main ones that are coming mm-hmm. across our plate. Um, we usually, if there's a launch coming, hopefully we're able to hit with the racket. Let's say it's a racket for about a solid month, maybe even longer, depending on the relationship with the brand and the inventory with the rackets and the samples and all that. Um, we kind of test it in every way possible, whether it's, you know, a practice teaching, competing, um, I don't ball machine even, um, right. Yeah. So we just kind of put it to the test. Um, for anyone listening that does watch our reviews, a lot of times people will say like, oh, I've never seen them give a negative review. We do set our play testers up for success. So based on what we like from a racket or a string is usually the rackets or strings you'll see us on. So right. I, I like heavier rackets. Now I'm never going to be on like the super light racket in a family. Yeah. 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 yeah that, that's how I am. And, <laughs> and yeah, I, I feel like, um, Yeah. A lot of times it's hard to, uh, you mentioned like some people say, you know, you never give a negative review, but it's, I think that's like thinking about it the wrong way, you know, like a racket's not like either a good or bad racket. It's it's good for certain things and it's Mm -hmm. bad for other things. Right. So we'll get into that. But like, you know, if you're 
older and you aren't as physically strong anymore and you don't have as much mobility, you might need a super light racket, which is going to be, you know, terrible for maybe me and you, but right. great for that person. So it's not like a bad racket. It's just maybe bad for you and I. So exactly. it's, it's good to kind of highlight, you know, um, when you choose a particular thing, you're sacrificing something else. So anyways, let's, um, yeah, let's dive into rackets and strings. Um, so before we get into uh, each specific player, talk a little bit about different types of strings. I feel like, like most people listening understand rackets at least decently well, um, but mm-hmm. strings is kind of a thing that, uh, yeah, that people don't know a lot about, I feel like. Yeah, I would say there's a few different categories of string. We'll start with the mm-hmm. most premium option. And if you can afford it, I feel like everyone should be stringing with it, which is yeah. natural gut, because this is going to be the most arm friendly string out there. And, you know, you get that question, I'm sure a ton. Everyone asks mm-hmm. that a ton, like, what's the best string for arm pain? Um, natural gut is exactly what it sounds like. It is a yeah. natural <laughs> yeah. material and it's super soft, super luxurious, um, but definitely the highest end of the price point. So if yeah. you can afford it, like dive in. And I always also suggest to people, if you can afford it and you're interested in trying it, go ahead and try it. Like, why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. So then from there, we have synthetic materials that make up our string and you'll hear synthetic gut, which is usually like the value entry level. Um, if you mm-hmm. have a pretty strong racket, that's probably what it's coming with. It's not going to be mm-hmm. the most durable, but it's going to be very arm friendly and it's going to do the trick. So it's a great option. Yeah. If you have no idea about string, you don't care how much spin you're getting, like give it a go. And if it breaks, that's when you can kind of look into going into different options. So then Mm -hmm. from there, I would suggest a multi-filament, which is kind of just how it sounds. It's different materials, multi sewn together or not even sewn together, wrapped together in a string. And they're going to be softer options as well. And the prices can start getting a little more aggressive, but you can still find really good value in this, this price point. And then from from there, we would go to poly copoly strings, which are going to be the ones that a lot of the pro players are using. These are going to be more durable options. They're going to offer more spin. Um, they're going to be the ones that if you do have arm issues, you're really going to want to make sure that you're doing your research and getting a soft string, which mm-hmm. I will give a shout out. This is very advanced, but there is a string database on the Tennis Warehouse website that literally has testing on every string that our professor has tested and you can compare. So I love that because if I want to jump into a poly, I want to see what the arm friendly, like what's, what's it going to look like? Is it going to be much stiffer? Is it going to be similar in stiffness? How much more spin can I assume that I might get? So that's a good tool. Definitely. And I'll give you that link so you can add it. Yeah, We'll link to it in the show notes for people listening. But yeah, then we have the poly strings, which are very popular, The you know, mm-hmm. also relatively new. Um, so if we yeah. didn't have them in the 90s. <laughs> and, right. um, uh, we're seeing a lot of the pros hybrid also. So the hybrid is usually right now we're seeing like the next gen players hybrid, the polys and the polys, but usually a poly with a multi or a poly with a sin or a poly with a natural gut. So okay. lots of options. Yeah. Yeah, there are. And, uh, yeah, I've had, I think it was um, Rick Leach. I had him on the podcast last year. And yeah, he talked about when he played, obviously he didn't have poly string mm-hmm. and how it's just totally changed uh, 
the game from a doubles perspective because a lot of these singles players can come in and just take these huge cuts from the baseline and spin it. And the ball is just a different shape. Um, Like Jack Sox forehand, for example, like it's, you can't, if he has a clean look at a forehand, even the best volleyers in the world are going to have trouble with it at the net, you know? Um, And the poly is, it creates just so much spin. Uh, Well, and then someone like him, he's also stringing super low. So that's a whole other topic that we can get into tension range. Yeah. We should talk about that. So like when I was growing up, I was stringing my racket at like 64. Same. Uh, (laughs) And and now I'm at 51. Okay. I feel feel like I'm still high for most people. So what talk about tension a little bit. What's, what's the advantage of going tighter versus looser? Um, And what are people kind of typically using for, uh, for club level players? Yeah. So club level players, I always recommend checking out what the tension range is on your racket. So each manufacturer does have a range. And so if you have no idea where to start right in the middle is a good spot. Um, It also depends on what kind of material you're, you're stringing with. I don't Mm -hmm. recommend stringing above 55. Uh, That's probably aggressive Um, on any polyester strings. The higher the tension, the stiffer the string bed will feel. The more discomfort that could happen, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. going to happen, but it could. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to feel obviously more like a board, so it's super tight. Um, mm-hmm. a lo- I would say less spin generation as well. Yeah. So then on the flip side, if you drop that tension, let's say you want to try a nice loose string bed, string it at 48 pounds. You're going to get that dwell time. You're going to get that extra spin. Um, it's going to feel really nice. You're going to really feel like you have the ball on your string bed, um, nice and soft, more arm comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so let's dive into some rackets. So yeah, we're going to start, uh, so for everybody listening, we're going to start at, uh, like two, five, three, oh, and we're going to work our way up. So nice. if you're a four, oh player, go ahead and fast forward. Maybe if you want to, <laughs> uh, or if you want to listen to this, you might learn something, um, learn something anyway. So let's start with a, a two, five, three, oh player. They're still developing their skills. Um, maybe they're good enough to where they're starting to learn top spin. Yes. Um, what types of rackets should we be looking for? And if you have specific recommendations, you can make those too. Yes. So because we are like the biggest tennis geeks that you will find (laughs) here at Tennis Warehouse, I have several options and have broken them down into three categories. So if you're, we're going to start with the value options, because I would assume this is a player that like, you're not sure you want to commit to it completely. You're, you're playing a little bit of tennis, but you're not quite there. Um, there are a ton of awesome rackets at this price point and mm-hmm. we're seeing them just the slightly oversized. So bigger than hundred square inches. That means mm-hmm. it's going to be like really easy to use. Usually very stable, very maneuverable, which sometimes I'm not sure if that translates, but we'll swing fast. If you want to swing fast, we'll mm-hmm. hold the ball on your strings. If you want to hold the ball on the strings. Um, so a couple options I really like, and we all like here at tennis warehouse, Babylon makes some really good pre-strung rackets. The Evoke 102 is one that I think is a great, very maneuverable, as I mentioned, 102 mm. square inches. It comes pretty strong. Also, okay. the, the Boost Arrow Rafa or the Boost Arrow, um, we actually have that as our best beginner's racket on our best of 2022 list. So Okay, awesome. 
Yeah. And because those two also look like the Rafa rackets, it's kind of easy for someone to identify like, Hey, I know I want something like that. I have two more in this category though. If you don't want Babolat because maybe you're worried about arm pain or you've heard stuff like that. Um, Yonex E-Zone Ace. Yonex makes some amazing rackets and they have these lower end rackets in their line. So the Ace Mm -hmm. is part of the E-Zone family. So it's still going to be easy power and it does come pretty strong, a little bit bigger head size. And then also the head graphene XT Radical S. So that's going to be another one. So those are value. Um, yeah. Awesome. So, um, so those are good value rackets. Uh, I would say like something else to add would be thinking about the, the weight. So like if, if this person's like a, a two, five, three, oh, and they're a little bit older, let's say they're like mm-hmm. in their fifties or sixties and not super physically strong, or, you know, they're not, um, is quite as athletic as they used to be, uh, versus somebody who's just starting out and maybe they're around like 30 years old and they play a bunch mm-hmm. of other sports. How do we think about those two categories? Yeah. Well, I think that it's easy. It's good to have a nice light racket that is still going to swing the speed that you want the racket to swing or this, the speed that you're capable of swinging. So obviously nothing too heavy. I think we could even break it down further. And I always wonder too, has this person played tennis before, or are they coming back to the game? Because a lot of players do remember having really heavy rackets and Mm. now they're, they're much lighter and more stable. So interesting. Okay. Right. Or at least that's what I've noticed. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that's definitely true. Um, but all I would say, yes, these rackets are weighted. They're all on the lighter side. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a good thing because then you can grow into a heavier racket if that's where you're going, or you can stick with it for a while. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And then, okay. So next, uh, I guess the next one's mid price point mid price point this This might be somebody a little bit more serious they know they kind of want to commit to tennis but they don't have a huge budget yes and i should have prefaced i should have said this at the very beginning i also do want to say there are oftentimes rackets get updated and the previous version goes on sale and that is always a great time to take advantage of prices because they're obviously high quality they're still you're going to have all those technological features that are in that racket, but at a better mm-hmm. price point. So definitely always right. keep an eye out for that too. Um, the mid range, this, I actually had a player switch into this last week, Babla Evo drive light. It looks almost identical to the pure drive, but it has a okay. very open string pattern. So 16 by 17 string pattern. It oh, has wow. a, okay. yeah. <laughs> so like you're talking about <laughs> I don't even like, know if I've that. ever seen that before. <laughs> it's crazy though. If you look at it, it doesn't look too great, like too wide. Mm-hmm. But it's very obvious when hitting that the top spin is coming. So yeah, when you're teaching someone and they're not even sure like what the ball looks like to have that extra top spin, it's really yeah. great to have that as a tool so they can see the ball dipping and they can hear it. So mm-hmm. that's a great one. That's that's okay. one of our favorite ones right now. And then premium. I've got premium rackets for you too. <laughs> okay, let's do premium. Let's do it. Okay. Again, Yonex makes some luxurious rackets and the Astral 100. I don't know if you guys have seen this racket before, but it's this beautiful black matte racket. And mm-hmm. um, it's just a great option. Easy spin, great control, but you're still getting that 
Yonex brand, really nice, yeah. like entry level Yonex racket. Um, then from Prince, we have the Twist Power X105, which okay. is one of the newer rackets from Prince. It has the twisted throat. Our mm-hmm. play testers love the smaller head sizes and heavier versions. Just really easy to swing. This actually would be a good option for one of those players that's maybe a little bit older and they're not going to be swinging super aggressively. Okay. Uh, um, and then we've got the Radical S. That's a great one too. Arm friendly, awesome. maneuverable. Yeah. Great. Okay. So we'll we'll link to all those in the show notes. So let's <laughs> yeah. let's step up in skill level. Let's talk three, five, maybe four oh player. Um, somebody who plays back at the baseline. So maybe maybe they're a singles player or maybe they play doubles, but they're just more comfortable uh, back at the baseline hitting ground strokes. What are some of the best rackets for them? I would say for sure that E-Zone 100 is going to be such a good racket. This level, yeah. like you can handle the weight. It's not too heavy. If it's something that you're eventually going to want to go heavier, there are heavier options or ways that you can um, add weight to the racket but it's mm-hmm. so versatile. It feels good. It's comfortable. It's got an open string pattern, just very easy to use, like very, you know, and you're going to, I think it's just Yonex makes great feeling rackets. So you're going to yeah. feel really good with a racket in your hand. Um, that one for sure is at the top of our list of best rackets for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, p- you can't go without saying the pure drive and the pure arrow. Yeah. Um, those are very yeah great power great good power yeah, yeah. I'm, you see them on every court right <laughs> yeah. yeah um and they work really well um and then also we're going to give a shout out to prince the ripstick 100 is mm-hmm. a solid racket and i'm actually working with another player that's been using this one and it also features the o ports so it's going to be very fast but it's going to absorb the shock so no arm pain or anything like that um mm-hmm. we have it at a couple different weights so if you want to try something lighter or something heavier there's an option for everyone yeah yeah i've actually tested that one uh myself and i think it's got a the 18 by 16 string pattern so it's pretty open as well so it's yeah it's also going to help you generate a little more spin um, and be pretty easy to swing, like you said. So that's a good, definitely intermediate level uh, racket for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so what about uh, what about somebody who um, is a little bit older club level player? Again, they're they're kind of past their prime, but they are pretty good at <laughs> tennis. You know, maybe they're a four mm-hmm. level player. Um, they used yeah. to be four or five, something like that. What are some good kind of modern options for them? And that this might include somebody who, you know, played in the nineties, uh, in college <laughs> or something and played with a, uh, a heavier racket. Um, what are some good options? Um, the first one that comes to mind is actually the pro staff 100, which we saw okay. that. Yeah. We saw that one come through. What was it last year? Um, but it's kind of exactly for that person that, you know, maybe they used to play with the pro staff 93 or a smaller head size, but we've all, we've all gotten a little bit older. Um, that 100 square inch head still gives you a little bit of wiggle room for mishits, but it still feels really precise and it's a great option. Mm -hmm. Um, I keep seeing players over and over and over say how much they love that racket. So it's almost one of those that like, I hope Wilson continues to make because it's, definitely like valued for that older, but like traditionalist player that's still yeah. out there. Yeah. Okay. Got it. That um, makes sense. Yeah. And then another, another I do. I 
personally, the uh-huh. Pure Drive 110 is a popular racket at one of the clubs that I teach at. And like, I'm seeing like adults over the age of 60 who can play 4045, swing that racket, like no one's business, come yeah. forward. Like they're owning the court. And every single time I'm just like, this racket like is so well suited for them. Yeah. So I love that one. Though I like even last weekend, someone was like, try it out. And the other lady tried it and she's like, oh, I'm going to buy this one. So <laughs> I think yeah, that's, that's a great, a great option. Racket. Yeah, yeah, I think that one's on my list uh, as well. That's that's definitely a good option. Um, so, so what about um, somebody who is younger, more athletic? Maybe they're three, five, four, zero. They're taking tennis pretty seriously, and and they want to continue to improve. Yes, um, I honestly, there's. I guess that's kind of where like I start breaking down the families of rackets, whether yeah. it's like, do you, are you looking for that more controlled power? I think like a head speed MP is going to be a great option for them. If you're looking mm-hmm. for maybe a little more spin, we could stick in the head family and we can go to the extreme. That might yeah. be a great option. Um, I have a little 11 year old that I know that she is just crushing it on the court and she is using the instinct MP. So like, Okay. A hundred square inches big, you know, and she's just swinging that thing like nobody's business. Um, so I would start looking at specific features that you're looking for as you improve. Am I more of a power player? Do I need more control? Do I like to hit more spin? And then looking in those families and I would suggest starting at like not the heaviest option, but maybe that mid range. Right. Okay. Got it. Um, so, so what about a, a player? Uh, one thing I see, like when I go play like USTA tournaments or something like that, and I, mm-hmm. I assume everybody wants to keep improving. Uh, right. I think, I think there probably are some players who are like trying to stay at a lower level just so they can keep winning, but this, this isn't for them because people listen, who listen to this podcast want to get better. Yes. So, <laughs> so, um, so one thing I see is uh, I'll see players at a maybe in the 4-0 draw or something like that and they're playing with a racket that is just it's like 107 or 110 square inch head size it's just it's more of a beginner racket and they they're afraid to kind of make that jump so so first of all I want to encourage people to kind of branch out a little bit and you know mm-hmm. if you're actually trying to improve your game you need to play with a more advanced racket mm-hmm. um but what are some of those more uh, transition kind of advanced rackets to where we're starting to get from 4.0 to 4.5 plus? Um, I think you said it really well is sometimes you just can see that like a racket's not yeah. gelling well with right. um, a player. And there are, there are, it's crazy because it's very intimidating. There's so many great yeah. rackets on the market. Let's um, start with like a singles player who controls the point from the baseline. Okay. So I'm thinking, yeah, like right off the bat, like you're giving me like pure strike vibes or a speed racket. Um, Mm -hmm. someone that is able to swing fast through the ball, but they don't want, you know, they don't want the racket to be wavering and Mm -hmm. you have to start realizing like what you're going to benefit from going higher in weight, maybe smaller head size. So you're going to have a more stable 
swing or it's going to feel more stable. And then the ball, like we use this term a lot and I don't know if other people use it, but you literally are plowing through the ball. (laughs) Yeah. So we talk a lot about swing weight and that can be a term that is a bit hard to understand, but you're, you're thinking of, or we always describe it of if it's a semi and a car, who's going to win, win the the crash. And hopefully you want to swing the heaviest racket that you're capable of swinging. So you can hit the most efficient ball. Um, so yes, I would, again, like a pure strike 100 would be a great option. If we're looking Mm -hmm. at slightly a little more advanced pure strike, 98, 16 by 19, those are going to be two rackets. I would I highly suggest demoing. I don't care if you use the tennis warehouse program demo program, or you use your friend's demo program, or you use your country club's demo program, but please like demo a ton of rackets and see what you like, see what feels different and see why I I think that's so important. Right. I don't know. I'm I'm just geeking out on it. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's very important to try a bunch of rackets out. I mean, I've, as I've gotten more and more into gear the last uh, five years or so, um, yeah, it's, it's incredible how different a lot of the different rackets feel and how, mm-hmm. like, you know, b- based on what my goals are and what I'm trying to do, mm-hmm. just some rackets are just so much better than others. Um, and the, the plow through, it's funny you mentioned that I actually literally had someone email me this morning asking for <laughs> racket advice. And they said, I have this racket and it has a great plow through. And I'm th- sw- thinking about switching to this one, which has less. So that's funny you mentioned that, but it's, it's definitely super important. I, I think it might be like, um, in my mind, one of the most important things for, for advancing to that four or five plus level, because the ball's moving so much faster. Mm-hmm. And I feel it like when I, um, like I was testing out the, the boom MP mm-hmm. recently. Right. And I play with a speed pro, which is a little bit heavier. Mm-hmm. And that boom MP, like I get to the net and I have a, a high level four five or five O player hitting it to me. And like, I can feel it when the ball hits the racket, the racket just kind of shakes a little Crumbles. in my hand yeah, more uh, so yeah. than my speed pro. And, and that's fine. It's much easier to handle from the baseline. I can generate a little more spin. It's easier to swing. Um, but if you're playing higher and higher level, especially if you're getting to the net and, and volleying or defending, you know, against fast paced serves on the returns, you you need that extra stability and kind of plow mm-hmm. through. Um, so that's a, that's a really good point. And then there's the flip side and you can go too far. <laughs> with the, you can. Yeah. So and we I've can talk about like the, too that. <laughs> yeah, I've done it myself. Like I was about to switch to the prestige pro and it was like, yeah, I just, I couldn't get anything on my serve. It was, it was just too heavy for me. Yeah. It's pretty funny because we always joke that the RF 97 is one of the most popular rackets that goes out the door, but it's the most popular when it comes back in the door. Oh, <laughs> everyone. Really? Yeah. Everyone just, you know, everyone wants to try it and, but yeah. it's, it's demanding for sure. It is. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so those are some good options for the forward player. As far as specs, um, let's say, uh, let's say I want a really good racket for volleys. This is a doubles Mm -hmm. podcast. We're hitting a Mm -hmm. lot of volleys. Yeah. Um, What are some of the best rackets out there for, uh, for volleying? This is like such a loaded question. I feel like, um, so for me, when I'm, we probably should break it into like categories, right? So like we can start lower level, I guess. 
No, that's totally fine. But I was going to say like the biggest thing that I'm looking for when I'm volleying and like mm-hmm. getting to the net is maneuverability and stability, right? So, um, you're going to want a racket that's not going to crumble. Like you were kind of just saying, or shake or fall Mm -hmm. to someone hitting it hard at your face, but you still want a racket. That's going to be fast enough to get up there. If someone is nailing it (laughs) to you, um, we could go through each brand and just like name off some great rackets. (laughs) All of the ones that we've already suggested are going to be, these are overall, best rackets for you guys. So like definitely setting you up for success there, but I'm going to pull up real quick. I want to make sure I'm aligning with everything else that we've been saying, because we did just launch our best rackets of 2022 and the pure drives on there, the pure arrows on there. Those aren't going to mm-hmm. have the most feel though. Um, yeah. so I think yeah, I looking- usually recommend those for singles a little bit more, but I mean, there's a lot of pro even pro doubles players playing with the right? pure arrows. So it's and then just, I, yeah, you know, it's preference. Um, that's the other thing is you're kind of going to want to start figuring out what feel you like. There's a mm-hmm. lot of players that really do like a flexible feel, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of players that like a very muted feel. So, um, the Phantom Rackets, those from Prince, those have mm-hmm. some of the flexiest, like nice touch, good, you know, if they're all they're they're buttery. They're, they're everything yeah. that I, that I, I would assume a double specialist would like, we kind of talked about this the other day yeah. with some of the pros. Um, but also like the V core rackets from Yonex mm-hmm. are great options. They're going to be super stable. They have a control. They have a ton of control. They have great feel. Um, our E zone again, I'm going to bring up the E zone because I think that racket yeah. can, can do no wrong. Um, the radical MP, that might be a great one. We thought it had really good control and feel. Um, oh, I mean, like that's the thing is there's so many categories <laughs> and families now. I'm like <laughs> the boom, everyone, you didn't like the boom MP at much at net as I, much. I loved the boom pro though. Okay. I was gonna yeah. say the boom I pro because it has like yeah. a little bit of smaller head size, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, I also am going to give a shout out to our racket experts because you guys can give us a call any time of the day, but usually when we're working would be best <laughs> um, <laughs> and chat about stuff like this on a personal level. We have yeah. specific people that literally take conversations like this and we'll talk you through you know, if you have three rackets, you're deciding between, if you have 10 rackets that you're deciding between, if you don't know any rackets, they will talk to you and like walk you through what a good demo order would be or what the best option would be. So it's very, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll put the phone number there in the show notes for, for people to call. So hopefully you'll, uh, you'll get a lot of calls um, when this goes live. We love it. (laughs) Um, what, what are some common mistakes people make when they're choosing a racket? You mentioned uh, just choosing the racket because you like Roger Federer is probably a, yes. a, a bad idea. <laughs> um, what are some other common mistakes? Yeah, I think choosing a racket based on your favorite player or your favorite pro or just saying well, he, <laughs> he or she uses that, I'm going to use that might not be the best way to start. Mm. Um, also, if you have friends that are like, try this racket and you might hate it and then feel kind of stuck. So just because your doubles partner uses it successfully doesn't mean that you will. And it doesn't mean that you're going to like the same things that they like. So I would say that's another mistake. Um, 
again, not demoing it to me is a mistake. I think it's, it's like a relationship. Like, you know, if it feels good in your, your hand or it doesn't. So, right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Demoing is huge just because I feel like people like the more you can compare, the more you'll like know what's out there. So it's like, if I've been playing with one racket for five years and then I demo just one other racket, it's like, well, maybe, yeah, maybe I like it better than my current racket, but yeah. it may not be the best thing for me. Um, yeah. So it's great to, y'all's program is great because you can demo what up to three or four. Three or four. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it's super easy. Yeah. Demoing a lot of different rackets is uh, super, super important. Um, strings would fall into common mistakes also. I think yeah. sometimes people like, Hyper G is such an obvious string that we see in a lot of players' rackets. And just to blindly say, okay, I'm going to now use that. I'm going to use Hyper G at 57 pounds. That might not be the best for you. That might not be the best for your racket even. So um, definitely like doing a little bit of research, giving us a call, let us know what kind of, you know, what you're looking for out of your string bed and just kind of being open to other ideas and suggestions. Cool. Awesome. Uh, and you mentioned kind of arm friendliness earlier. So what, what are some of the best racket lines for, uh, somebody who's maybe struggled with some tendonitis or tennis, tennis elbow? Yes. So I mentioned the Prince phantom rackets. Those Mm -hmm. are super flexible, very arm friendly. And also there's something for every level. So I feel like those are great. You can grow into the line. Um, the clash, the clash rackets from Wilson have also, we've seen them just like blow up when they first launched, they have such a unique feel, very arm friendly. Um, yeah, I feel like every coach I know uses a clash now for feeding, (laughs) right? (laughs) Definitely. Um, head with our new technology, all of those rackets, we have found them to be more arm friendly than in the past. So, Mm -hmm. um, all of them. I think almost all of them have been updated, uh, in that regard. Um, but again, you're going to want to look at the flex number or this, the RA. And if you like something stiff, it's going to be probably around 65 or higher, which that's not going to give you anything good for arm pain. Um, but I would suggest looking at anything under 65, and then okay. going from there. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And y'all have got those numbers on every racket on the website. So it's super easy to find every single racket. The gravities are very arm friendly. The E zone mm-hmm. is arm friendly. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Lots cool. of options. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so much. Um, and I, yeah, I've dove into it super deep the last like five years and I still feel like I'm learning, uh, it's something crazy. new every week. So and I'm going to finish um, this and be like, oh, I didn't say that racket. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. We'll add it to the show notes. And uh, yeah, for, for everybody listening, we're going to put that phone number so people can call and, and figure out what racket or strings is best for them. We'll link to yeah. all these rackets as well awesome. um, and link to your reviews um, on the rackets too, which are uh, fantastic. Um, but before I let you go, let's do a couple of uh, rapid fire questions. Oh boy. Let's do it. <laughs> so what is, uh, what's your favorite tennis tournament to go to like a pro one? Yeah. Okay. Let's go roll on Garros. Rolling Garros. Why? Oh, cause it's in Paris and it's French <laughs> and 
they make the psh sound on every changeover of Perrier. I don't know. I just, I love Paris. Um, it's been a couple of years since I've gone and it's just always, it's the romantic Paris. It's just being there, the vibe, everyone's super into tennis. It's actually a much smaller than I ever expected it to be. But I think yeah. um, growing up, it's like one of those that you're like, oh my gosh. And then you get there and I have goosebumps just talking about it. I'm like, yeah. oh, I want to go back. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What's what's uh, your favorite tennis book? My favorite tennis book. So I was just going through some old things from my mom's house uh-huh. and I found this book. It was all about Steffi Graf and I've already fangirled about her. So it's like this uh, sports illustrated Steffi Graf book. And I feel like that's got to be it. I know that has like no relevance because they probably don't even make it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've definitely read all of the other you know, like the Agassi book, the James Blake book. I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with my Steffi Graf Sports Illustrated yeah, book. <laughs> yeah. What's uh what's your favorite non-tennis book? Oh, that's a great question. Oh my gosh. Or maybe just one that you've like <laughs> that I read. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. So I have everything on my Kindle now. Yeah. And I always read in the summer because I like to lay out and read. So we're getting back to that time. How about I'll start with one that I haven't finished, but I really like. It's called The Untethered Soul. Okay, cool. I like a lot of like self-help, not self-help, but like learning more about yeah, self-improvement. Self-improvement, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it sounds better. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's what, yeah, no, I like I like that category too. I read a lot of, um, uh, I th- think recently I had... Um, I had Will Hamilton on the podcast last week and, uh, we were talking about James Clear, mm-hmm. his book, Atomic Habits. Um, okay, nice. which is another, another great one, but yeah, definitely self-improvement category is great. Yeah. Um, what is, uh, what's your favorite tennis story? Oh, <laughs> I have a few. I I'm threatening to write a book one day. Um, okay. oh, well I'll just go with this one because you can't beat Roger Federer. I had a chance to Zoom with Roger Federer. <laughs> so uh-huh. um, I literally found out 25 minutes before that I was going to Zoom with him. And oh, uh, wow. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it was a fun story. We had like pitched this idea of talking to him about the new RF 97, the last one that came out. But of oh, course yeah. you like pitch it, but like you never expect that to actually happen because it's Roger. Yeah. <laughs> um, unbeknownst to me, there was stuff going on behind the scenes and I guess it came together. So there was a day that I came in and the, our head of Ali, our head of marketing comes by, I was in the podcast room and she's like, um, you good to talk to Roger today? And I'm like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> And she's like, Roger here's the t- yeah. <laughs> eight o'clock. Here you go. Here's your call. Here's the number. Here's the link. So I was about a year into already having the podcast going. So I had all my yeah. podcast equipment, but I was mm-hmm. like freaking out so bad that I would do something to mess it up. So I yeah. just plugged in my normal like beats headphones. Uh-huh. This the sound quality on my side was horrible. Oh no. <laughs> and I get him on Zoom and he's like sitting in Switzerland on his patio, like absolutely gorgeous background <laughs> that's like reflecting on the windows behind him. Oh his, my gosh. His internet is perfect. His sound is perfect. I mean, I swear he's ugh, he's amazing. <laughs> 
he's amazing. I've had an opportunity to meet him a couple of times. And I just like always like to remind people is like everything that you've heard about Roger is true. And then he is yeah. so nice. He is so kind. He makes you feel like you're the most important person in the room. He is a class act. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's my favorite tennis story. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. I, have- I think I'd almost rather not know I'm going to talk to him until 25 minutes before. Cause I, I probably right? wouldn't have been able to sleep the night before. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, what, what if I say this wrong or what if my audio cuts out or. Right. <laughs> I was freaking out. And so I, afterwards I text my producer and I was like, guess who I just talked to? And he goes, Roger Federer. And I send him a screenshot. He's like, no, <laughs> how did that happen? So That's now so I have funny. a, I have a little sticky on my desk that says, remember that time you zoomed with Roger Federer. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. What a story. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Well, this was fun. Uh, any final requests of the audience? No, we would love to hear more about what you guys are using, what kind of gear questions you have. I would love to do more episodes like this and be able to help answer questions better and help create demo orders and all of yeah. that. So um, feel free to reach out. Feel free to email me, Michelle at tennis-warehouse.com. Um, yeah. No, this is great. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on and uh, yeah, we'll have to do a round two sometime for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Thank you. If you're a doubles player, you'll love our weekly doubles newsletter. Every Thursday, we send you doubles tips and strategies to help you improve your game and become a smarter player. When you sign up, you'll get a free 10 page guide on how to play with more confidence and dominate at the net in doubles. You can go to thetennistribe.com to sign up now.